Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope that you are doing really well in this moment and whenever and wherever you are, when you are listening to this recording, you are paying attention to all the time anomalies as well as the electronic anomalies. And oh my God, as I look outside, there is a massive J in the sky, like a big honking graffiti cloud. It's shaped like graffiti. Now it's breaking up and the center part became a star. (laughs) That is so weird. I didn't even ask. Oh, now it's becoming the eye. And I've been seeing raven clouds in the sky for hours now like there's like five or six different ravens in the sky right now as well since i was visited by odin the norse god you guys he's real i had no idea last night towards the end of my show about ravens he appeared out of nowhere boom (laughs) <laughs> I said his name and within five minutes he was here at my side he gave me a blessing and now I'm just like oh my god he's recognizing me as one of his own kind of like Mama Wata did the uh, deity that takes care of dolphins and crocodiles and she's a mermaid Anyway, I just, I mean, I looked up and there it was and now it's gone. It's just like completely, it's just gone. What a trip. Oh, now here's a silhouette of a dark raven flying. Looks just like a tattoo um, design I was looking at earlier. Unbelievably cool. (laughs) Unbelievably cool. Well, all right, guys. Um. Yeah, so I want you guys to pay attention to the time. Anomalies. It has been happening to me, like, so much. Like, it's 542. That seems about normal. I'm looking outside. Everything's normal. The sky is an extremely pale blue. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. If you want to see a phoenix rising... In two different places that happened recently, followed by a massive storm above the Caribbean and above like Trinidad and Tobago um, area uh, just north of Venezuela and also in Brazil. Go to, oh goodness, now why am I forgetting his, oh, Sky Watch Media, that's it, Sky Watch News, Sky Watch News on YouTube, oh my gosh unbelievable unbelievably cool I want you guys to go see this I sent it to um, a couple people 
that follow me and also added me on Facebook Messenger. But this is incredible. It's incredible. Like the whole sky is this massive orange phoenix rising. Also, there's like a purple volcano uh, that appears in the sky, but it's like a cloud and it's kind of roundish and bright purple and pink. And it just looks like a cloud. I think it's an alien spacecraft, to be honest. There was a number of years ago, okay, like two years ago, a purple uh, extraterrestrial craft appeared in the sky while this crew was filming for a, um, I don't even know, something TV show or news, news report, something like that in Lima, Peru. And it's like bright purple. It's the same color, the same violet amazing color, just incredible. So, um, oh my God. Now I'm looking up at the sky and where that J was, there's a J in Arabic. That is so insane. And I only know that because my friend Jihad showed me how to write his name. <laughs> Unbel- and I was just thinking about the, the name Jihad today it means struggle in Arabic. And I'm like, maybe I should get, I should get the name Jihad tattooed on me. My whole life has been a damn struggle. But then I didn't want to attract more struggles. So I said, nah, forget it. <laughs> now nah, forget it. You're home to Bel Air. <laughs> uh, there's a Will Smith plug for you. My kid and I've been watching The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I love that show. I I, I like um, Will Smith. How adorable was he when he was super young? And even now, he's just such a cool person. Anyway, um, yeah. So I've been noticing these time anomalies time slips. Even when I started the show just five minutes ago, I started to say welcome to, and all of a sudden like seven seconds, it's like, does not take seven seconds to say welcome to, you know what I mean? And it's just like ridiculous. It's like, I know some, several times while I'm talking, it will like fast forward really fast and skip a couple words. I said, I record every single word that I say. And a few times when I go back to listen, there was like a time hop where I hopped and it recorded me, but it didn't record all the words or something. I'm not messing up on the editing. Trust me. I'm not even editing this. So, um, sometimes there'll be a pause and a little bit of a sort of sound like a little click. That's when I have to, um, pause it for a moment to sneeze or to blow my nose or to race to the ladies or (laughs) to look up something and I don't want to waste your time while I'm waiting for the slow-ass Ecuadorian internet to load. (laughs) Actually, we do have high-speed internet. My landlord only pays for low speed, or I don't know what it's called, but (laughs) but that's okay. It's free, comes with a rent, so I'm not going to complain too much about it, but so that's why I pause it, though. And so, I don't know, but I have been noticing a lot of Time slips, time anomalies. The other day when I was talking to Jude, um, before we did the show together, I mean, five different times we both felt it. We're like, like, whoa, we just time hopped. And he would mention something and I go, that's not true. And he's like, yeah, that's totally true. And he would tell me and he would send me the link to it. And I'd look on the link and all the information on the link would change. And it would be something that neither one of us expected. And it just kept happening. And I mean, his DNA changed. He was, 
you know, one specific thing. And then he felt like his DNA changed and he sent his, and he knew a timeline hopped and he sent his um, sample in again. And guess what? Different DNA. What the hell? How did that happen? There's a lot of different time slips and just, it's been really crazy. I don't even know. Hey, Joy. <laughs> Joy just sent uh, sent me a, a message. I know I stopped the uh, I stopped the things, and she still is able to uh, get me. So fine. I guess I'm supposed to shout out to Joy. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I want you guys to pay attention. You know, like when things look a little bit off. Like oh, I remember that color being a little bit greener. I remember that pink being a lot paler, you know, um, when someone said, no, I swear we were going to meet at five 30 and you're like, no, we said five 15 because da, 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 da. And you have it on your phone and they have it on their phone and they're different times. I was thinking about the other day, like, uh, you know, and, and also, uh, when Jude sent me a picture where the news team was saying it was six ten. And his clock said 710, and I thought, well, maybe they didn't move their clocks. Wait a minute, they would have moved their clocks forward. So if he'd moved his clock forward, it would have been 810, and they still would have been saying 610. Makes no sense. And I thought, well, maybe if his if his uh, husband had moved it backwards, no, because that would also said 610, 610. So... That's just so strange. No, oh, there's a rabbit in the sky right now. Huh. And it looks like a Gemini symbol. So, hey, if you're my twin flame, I'm pretty sure you're a star with a J name and you're a rabbit and a Gemini. Okay, now that just, like, erased itself. So crazy. I'm just, it's like I look up and there it is. There's more and more information. I mean, one of these days, his, his straight-up phone number is going to be freaking written across the sky and I'd be like writing it down all fast, you know, probably the last cloud. I'll like almost get to that number. And, oh, oops, a daisy, that cloud left. <laughs> Today I got a seven in the sky too. Right when I woke up, there was a seven. It was like normal clouds, kind of bluish, pretty, pretty colors of blue. And then one white cloud, very wispy. And it said seven in front of all the blue clouds. Yesterday is three. So what if that's his phone number? I'm getting it slowly over time, and I forgot to write half of them down. So far, his number is 37. <laughs> I don't know. This world is just a big, fat, freaking trip, man. But, yeah, the time slips, the time anomalies. I want to get one of those time crystals that Jude was talking about. In fact, I'm going to have to have him send me more. Jude, if you're hearing this, I want you to send me a picture of your time crystal because boy do I need that <laughs> I could go back in time I could go forward in time uh, oh my god crazy crazy stuff um, I don't know if I if I mentioned it or not that, but the NASA I might have mentioned it NASCA I mean that they had discovered like a few months ago I did mention this at 50 new um, NASCAR lines had been found. Well, now 143 brand new ones on top of that have been found. One of them's a cat with really big, almost alien eyes. And I really, really want that for a tattoo. 
I think I'm going to get on my ankle. My friend told me a long time ago, you should get Schrodinger's cat tattooed on your ankle. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, the equation. You'll look super smart. You'll attract a nerdy guy who probably has money because if he knows, you know, quantum quantum mechanics, he's probably really smart and rich. And he was like laughing about it. And now I'm thinking, I'm just going to get the cat from Nazca because it's just, I already have the monkey from Nazca, so why not? Nazca was a really cool place to visit. I loved being there. It was eerie though, energetically very eerie. We went to this hotel this beautiful hotel and this lady said so um all right this is where your room is and she takes us to the back of the hotel we go out the back door of the hotel we walk down a really sketchy dark alley where out of nowhere inexplicably the the ground is wet and there's mud everywhere it like Nazca's a desert and never freaking rains there otherwise hello no Nazca lines it would wipe them out in an afternoon. And we were looking at this going, uh, uh, and then she goes into this tiny little creepy little apartment building with no art and everything is this sickly white, the, the kind of white that makes you really, really creeped out. Like what the hell's going to happen here? It's almost like a primer white. That's almost blue. It's so white. It's blue. And, um, she started to take us up this massive, staircase she's and then she's like it's on the fifth floor or something I went no what I'm not gonna stay here I'd rather sleep on the streets like for real for real though so she um, was like oh well okay well we'll see if there's something in the hotel and I'm like what the hell and then she came and then she brought us back to the hotel and we stayed in the hotel and we were like weird and it was totally sketched out like so sketchy and we were like dude this is just not, it was just weird. The energy in that place was weird. But once we got out to the airport and we flew over the lines and we saw the Nazca lines, we were like, whoa. And I swear to God, I saw that cat. I saw it. You know, I, a lot of them, I'm like, well, that looks like a line there. That looks like a line. And the guy's like, I don't know. Maybe it is. We think there's a lot of undiscovered lines. <laughs> You know, and we're like, okay, well, look, let's try to discover more. Well, what's that down there? <laughs> but we're, we were flying so fast that um, we were flying so fast that we we're, we would like start to see it. And then, oh, well, now we're past it. So, you know, but the astronaut was really cool. And now there's a brand new Nazca line that was discovered that was like an astronaut boy. And he had what looked like an astronaut animal or like an animal, like a a tentacled octopus with an astronaut helmet on. So if you guys haven't seen these, go to YouTube and just look up the new Nazca lines. Um, They were just recently discovered by AI in Japan based on the Google images. I swear to God I mentioned it, but now I'm thinking maybe I didn't. And who the hell knows what timeline I was on when I thought I mentioned it, or maybe when I did mention it. So I'm mentioning it now twice, because I thought about today, and I was like, I want to get that tattoo of the cat on my ankle, and if anyone asks me, I'll have to tell the Schrodinger's cat story, and then this is what it ended up being, though, because, hey. (laughs) And my, my oldest had a really cool experience with psychedelics and came up with, well, what he believes to be an equation if not the equation that explains the theory of everything 
So I might have to put that equation next to the cat. <laughs> so there you go. Um, something else. Oh, UAMNTV. UAMNTV just released an incredible, like, hour and 40-minute video of Ray Hernandez speaking about, and I'm going to tell you, this is the name of the actual video itself, U-A-M-N, and then there's a space, and then TV is the name of the YouTube channel, Top Scientists Reveal UFOs, Out-of-Body Experience, Orbs, and Telepathy is all one phenomena, one phenomena. And what, and, and that includes NDEs, it includes everything, everything that I've talked to you guys about as far as my experiences and what I have uh, experienced as well as channeling, you know, every week I'm channeling new beings, Odin popped in yesterday, you know, uh, this guy's, his research team, they're like medical doctors, they are um, different, various uh, scientists, you know, like with actual degrees. And he even talked to a guy that was, he worked for the DA or DEA, I think he said, um, you know, people who worked in the government and they're like having beings pop into their, into their world. Like I am. Okay. And a lot of people are coming forward going, well, yeah, you know, I had an NDE, my Kundalini rose. I had a shamanistic experience. I took psychedelics and now the ETs are calling me. They're talking to me. And, and, and they're believing that all of these things are happening as a result of something grander and bigger than just seeing a UFO. The UFOlogists don't want to touch the NDE people. The NDE people don't want to touch the UFOlogists. And this guy's saying, look, it's all interconnected. I mean, come on. Me talk away all yasin, right? We all are one. In Laketch, I am another yourself. This is a grand experiment. We are in a great big freaking matrix. And we're and it's all related. It's all things. The relative, the theory of relativity. We all are one. I told you guys I went there. And Divine Mother sitting on her golden throne in her beautiful, glorious light showed me a chalkboard with this formula on it. And I know the right side of the equation was equals one. We all are one. That's the answer. I don't know the rest of the formula. I'll have to do more psychedelic someday. I have to go drop more acid anyway because it's about time I do that. Maybe... Maybe that will be my Christmas activity. <laughs> With all the twinkly lights. Oh, it'll be so awesome. Anyway, right now I'm looking at a beautiful, glorious sky. I'm doing the show early so I can spend some time with my kid um, and also get to bed early because in a few days I am going to go to Cajas National Park with my son and a big group of people and we're going to go and listen, we're going to first of all listen to a lecture about a lady who was out tooling around on her own in Cajas and the great lady appeared like the Lady of Fatima, Mother Mary, something like that, an apparition. So we're going to hear the story about that and then we're going to go to the spot where it happened 
I'll let you guys know if it happens to me then. <laughs> and if not, I know where to go to, you know, see if it will happen later. And I'm going to try to maybe possibly record a little bit while I'm there walking in Cajas, walking among the paper trees. I know that sounds weird, but I think I'll let you know if that means if if the bark looks like paper or the leaves look like paper. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) But I'm excited. My son and I are going to go, but we have to be there at 930 in the morning. Oh, my God. That, for me, is like an alien abduction experience because that's in the middle of my fucking night. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm mean, i in bed by 5 a.m., so that literally is in the middle of my night. <laughs> Sorry, just let that F-bomb fly, baby. All right. <laughs> if there's any kids in the room, tell them to close their ears in the past. Tell them how to go back to the timeline episode where I teach you how to go back in the past. And close your kids' ears then. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, the sky is absolutely incredible, and I'm recording, so I can't take a picture. But, oh, my God, it is really beautiful. It's like the sun is setting, like, obviously in the west, and I'm looking towards the east, and it looks like there's a sun setting in the east. It's so incredible. And it's just I don't know how to explain it other than it's glorious. It's like a peachy yellow color. And the sky behind it is the palest of baby blue and periwinkle blue. Depending on what part of the sky you're looking at. The clouds themselves are kind of a cobalt blue energy overlaid on a pale blue. I can't even call them gray anymore. They're not even gray and they're not even white clouds. They're just golden. They're golden in periwinkle, purple, and cobalt blue. (laughs) I don't know, guys. Oh my God. Here's another giant eye of Odin. I know he's watching me now, waving to the eye, looking like a crazy person. Yeah. All right. Odin. I think he's watching me now. I think he's going to be with me from now on. And All right, I'm ready to embrace my Germanic roots. I don't have a lot of German, but I'm going to embrace it because now that Odin has been with me, now I want to get an Odin tattoo, you guys. Since yesterday, I've been, like, obsessed with that. Like, now I'm going to get... I need to get rich so I can put all the artwork on my body. (laughs) The first time I got art done on my body, I pretty much was... Upset that I had been, um, ooh, there's a shark with a big shark fin. All right. I, I love the cloud. I uh, see. This is why I don't normally do my show in the daytime because of all the crazy, you know, I get super distracted, ADHD. Now I'm looking, there was, um, an ant person or like a typical Martian from the 1950s, like kazoo on the Flintstones with antenna and everything. And now that's fading out, but crazy this i'm mean, seriously you guys when when i get enough money together and everything and i have my land i'm gonna invite you guys all to come down and hang out smoke weed and just stare at the friggin' sky because it is absolutely incredible here and you could tell that we're part of the matrix here too it's like you could put something energetically into the sky in your mind and it will just happen you know, and it's funny though when I don't put anything in my mind. 
<laughs> when I don't previously think of anything, I look up and it's like seven. Okay. <laughs> J. Okay. Oh yeah. Here's another J. And I did not put that there, but there's another J crazy. I mean, it's like, I swear the sky gods are like, Oh, she said J again. Let's do another J. This is cool. <laughs> uh, Jude, are you listening? J for Jude. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, it literally looks like there's like a secondary sun setting low, low, low on the horizon right there in the east. It's so strange. The sun never sets in the east, obviously, (laughs) unless we have two of them now. Who the hell knows what timeline I'm on? It's like you can't even keep track anymore. It's just so many timeline hopping constantly. Just keep focusing on your energy going arriba, arriba, very, very high, high, high up because... The higher it goes, the more chances are that when you hop timelines, you're going to be 2% better than you were five seconds ago. (laughs) It's always the best thing. All right. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else to tell you guys. What else was there? There were so many things, but that's all I can think about right now. Um, Disclosure news on IT. This is the news coming down the pike from Italy. Uh, 11 o'clock UTC time this morning, the period of calm lasted about 14 hours and then interrupted at 3 UTC when quite significant variations began, which within two hours brought the amplitude values between 25 and 30 hertz frequency. Remaining constantly on those values at 8 a.m., what we had so far, have been the maximum peak at power 41 but the activity is continuing. And then at 1700 UTC, what started at 3 a.m. this morning is a period of intense activity still in progress. And for that period of 12 hours, maintain the amplitude values between 25, around 25 average. But the peak today reached power 57. <sighs> The sky is more. Ooh, I don't even know what color that is. It's like gold. (laughs) Golden light mixed with white light. Like this is what, when I've gone to heaven, this is like the light that surrounds us. Like, ah, and then right in front of it, of course, a bunch of grayish, bluish, cobaltish clouds. So beautiful. That golden light, though, is just shining through. When you see that, when you see that color, just pull it into your aura and let it go where it needs to, to heal your body. And it will, I promise it will. It's very healing, especially if you're outside and you're not breathing in traffic fumes. (laughs) If you're in a park or something and you just breathe that in, you're breathing in fresh air, you're breathing in the prana when you're around the plants. But also just imagine that golden peachy energy just... Coming in, it's gonna make you feel happy. It's almost like a champagne color. It's like a little bit more peach color than champagne. I mean, I don't know what kind of champagne you guys drink, but hey, <laughs> or even if you do, but it's like a peach color. It's like, I don't know. Um, it's really beautiful though, man. <sighs> Seriously, all day long, if I could get paid to either sleep or watch the clouds or both. I mean, I would be a millionaire. Okay. Heartmath.org. Let's see where we're at with this. Um, Heartmath.org. Thank God they're online today, right? 
Okay, so California started off at 70 hertz frequency on the Schumann resonance scale and went down to 69 by 5 a.m. Not a lot of movement there. Pretty significant, though. I mean, obviously, 40 hertz frequency being the fifth dimension, you know, they're at 70. Now, Hafuf Saudi Arabia is at zero again. They were way the hell up there weeks ago. Now, they've been just for solid, like, maybe two weeks at zero all the way across from midnight to five, just straight for weeks and days. Hofuf has been at zero. Now, uh, Lithuania started off at midnight at 140 hertz frequency, and they went down to 129 hertz frequency at 5 a.m. And let's see where we're at. Uh, Alberta, Canada started off at 99 hertz frequency, at midnight and just went down to 98. Not a whole lot of movement there either. More than double what it takes to be in the fifth, and we're all anchored in the fifth by now anyway. Now, Northland, New Zealand started off at 103, and they went down to 91. So uh, that's where they're at. Uh, now, the, always the winner lately has been Hulului, South Africa. That's super fun. Can you guys say that? Hulului. <laughs> oh my God. The sky is more and more beautiful. I, it's like I keep looking up and it's like, oh, this is why I do the show at night because it's such a distraction. <laughs> okay. Bright, shiny objects. Okay. So uh, let's see. At midnight, Hulului, South Africa started off at 381 hertz frequency by not even by a long stretch, the highest numbers we've ever seen in the Schumann resonance scale, but still very significant. 381 hertz frequency is where they started, but by 5 a.m. they ended at 393 hertz frequency. All right. Um, In A Course in Miracles, we are on lesson 166. This, of course, is from the foundation for inner peace and it has a very high vibration to the lessons if you were ever raised in that uh, Christian religion in a Christian way no matter what denomination of Christianity and you need to unravel some of the erroneous beliefs that you you glommed onto as a child this will surely do it because some of the same language is the same buzzwords that you'll find in Christianity And it helps to unravel the stuff, you know, because there's a lot of good stuff, but then there's also stuff that just stuffed your brain full of erroneous ideas that are holding you back. So I love this, this set of lessons. Um, I was raised Christian. I'm a Muslim now, but I'm more spiritual than anything, as you guys know. But I like the high vibes of ACIM.org where you can go read the lessons in the workbook for free or you could download an app in the color of your choice because there are so many is one of the most popular things that you can get your hands on in in the spiritual way and it'll give you something to do every day for 10 minutes okay lesson 166 here is the main idea i am entrusted with the gifts of god I'm entrusted with the gifts of God. 
Okay, the first paragraph is this. All things are given you. God's trust in you is limitless. He knows his son. He gives without exception, holding nothing back that you can contribute to your happiness. And yet, unless your will is one with his, his gifts are not received. But what would make you think that there is another will than his? Ooh. <laughs> That's pretty deep, right? Here's the paradox, here's the paradox that underlies the making of the world. The world is not the will of God, and so it's not real. Yet those who think it real must still believe that there's another will and one that leads to opposite effects from those he wills. Impossible indeed. But every mind that looks upon the world and judges it as certain, solid, trustworthy, and true believes in two creators or in one himself alone, but never in one God. So does that unravel a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) from your material world basket? (laughs) I mean, seriously, that's, that's, that's deep, man. The world is not the will of God. So it's not real. Yeah, we're living in the matrix, yo. The will of God is that you should be happy and healthy and safe and whole and know the truth 100% and be able to manifest and create right now. I am entrusted with the gifts of God. So there you go. Uh, There's more and more and more to this. It's probably, let's see, I'm guessing about eight. Oh, no, this is a long one. Holy man, 15 whole paragraphs. They're really small though. But if you want to go look at it, this is lesson 166. Main idea is I am entrusted with the gifts of God. So there you have it. When I come back after the this quick little break, I am now going to read lesson 18 in William Walter Atkinson's book. But you're only going to find it under the name Swami Panchadasi. We are going over once again. Oh, goodness. Why did I forget that? Okay. (laughs) Clairvoyance and occult powers. Clairvoyance and occult powers by Swami Panchadasi. This is, I believe, the 10th episode as I'm reading this book slowly over time, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting through it. We're on lesson 18. When I come back after this message, we're going to learn about psychic influencing. Talk about being an influencer. This was written over a hundred years ago about being an influencer of people (laughs) before the internet, before cell phones, before Instagram, psychic influence at a distance right after this message.
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you. Alright guys, I am here with Clairvoyance and Occult Powers by Swami Panchadasi. If you would like to read any of the ancient books in the spirituality category, metaphysics, or any of the old original classics like Moby Dick or anything like that, you can read them all online for free at Gutenberg.org. They do have a little advertisement asking if you want to donate a little bit. And in time, I think I will donate to them because I love their resource. It's amazing. They are trying to historically preserve all books, (laughs) all books. So without further ado, Clairvoyance and Occult Powers by Swami Panchadasi, otherwise known as William Walter or Walker Atkinson. He was a lawyer, so he went by Swami Panchadasi, not to affect his other career in law. Anyway, we are on lesson 18 tonight, and we are going over psychic influence. Remember, we're talking about influencing people that are like right in front of you on the sidewalk or in the room with you. <laughs> now, this is psychic influence at a distance. The second phase of psychic influence is that called distant psychic influence in which psychic induction is manifested when the persons are distant in space from one another, not in the presence of each other. Here, of course, we see the principle of telepathy involved in connection with the process of mental induction. And in some cases, even the astral telepathic sense is called into operation. The student who has followed my explanation and course of reasoning in the preceding lessons will readily perceive that the principle involved in this distant phase of psychic influence is precisely the same as that employed in direct personal psychic influence. As I've explained in an early lesson, it matters little whether the space to be covered by the psychic vibratory waves is but one foot or a thousand miles. The principle is exactly the same. There are, of course, other principles involved in the case of two persons meeting face-to-face and calling into force their psychic powers. For instance, there is an element of suggestion and association and other psychological principles which are not enforced when the two persons are out of the actual presence of each other. But so far as the telepathic or astral psychic powers are concerned, the mere extension of space does not change the principle. The student who has developed his power of psychic induction in the phases mentioned in the preceding chapter 
may begin to experiment and practice psychic induction at long range, if he so wishes. That is to say, instead of causing psychic induction in the minds of persons, actually in his presence and sight, he may produce similar results in persons out of his sight and presence. The person may be brought into presence and psychic contact for all practical purposes by using the visualizing powers for the purpose of bringing him into the en rapport condition or in rapport. That is to say by using the imagination to bring into the mind a strong, clear picture of the other person, you may induce in an in rapport condition in which he will be practically in the same psychic relation to you as if he were actually before you. Of course, if he's sufficiently well informed regarding occult matters, he may shut you out by drawing a psychic circle around himself, which you cannot penetrate, or by surrounding himself with psychic armor or atmosphere, such as I have already mentioned in preceding lessons. But as he will not likely know anything of this, the average person may be reached in the manner just mentioned. Or again, you may establish in rapport conditions by psychometric methods by holding to your forehead an article which has been in the other person's possession for some time, an article worn by him, a piece of his hair, etc. Or again, you may use a crystal to bring up his astral vision before you. Or again, you may erect an astral tube, um, excuse me, <laughs> such as I will mention a little further on in this chapter. <laughs> okay, looking forward to that, buddy. And thus establish a strong and rapport condition. Having established the en rapport condition with the other person and having thus practically brought him into your presence, psychically speaking, you may proceed to send him commands or demands, just as you did in the phase of personal psychic influence previously mentioned. You act precisely as if the other person were present before you and state your commands or demands to him just as you would were he seated or standing in your presence. This is the keynote of the whole thing. The rest is simply an elaboration and stating of details and methods, etc. With the correct principle once established, you may apply the same according to your own wishes and discretion. This phase of distant psychic influence is at the bottom of the of all the wonderful tales, stories, and legends of supernatural powers, witchcraft, sorcery, etc., with which the pages of history are filled. There is, of course, always to be found much distortion and exaggeration in these legends and tales, but they have truth at the bottom of them. In this connection, let me call your attention to a very important psychic principle involved. 
I have told you that by denying the power of any person over you, you practically neutralize his psychic power. The stronger, more positive your belief in your immunity and your denial of his power over you, the more do you rob him of any such power. The average person not knowing this is more or less passive to psychic influences of other persons and may be affected by them to a greater or lesser extent depending upon the psychic development of the person seeking to influence him. At the extreme of the sensitive pole of psychic influence, we find those persons who believe firmly that the other person has power over them and who are more or less afraid of him. This belief and fear acts to make them particularly sensitive and impressionable and easily affected by his psychic induction. This is the reason that the so-called witches and sorcerers and others of evil repute have been able to acquire such a power over their victims and to cause so much trouble. The secret is that the victims believed in the power of the other person and feared their power. The greater the belief in and fear of the power of the person, the greater the susceptibility of his influence. The greater the sense of power and neutralizing the power and the disbelief in his power to affect them, the greater the degree of immunity. And this is the rule. Accordingly, we find that persons in various stages of the history of the world have been affected by the influences of witches, sorcerers, and other unprincipled persons. <laughs> in most cases, these so-called witches and sorcerers themselves were under the delusion that they were assisted by the devil or some other supernatural being. They did not realize that they were not, or I mean, I'm sorry, they did not realize that they were simply using perfectly natural methods and employing perfectly natural forces. For that matter, you must remember that magnetism and electricity in ancient days were considered as supernatural forces in some way connected with demonic powers. Studying the history of witchcraft, sorcery, black magic, and the like, you will find that the devotees thereof usually employed some psychom psychometric method. Psychometric? Maybe it's psychometric method. In other cases, they would mold little figures of clay or of wax in the general shape and appearance of the person whom they wished to affect. It was thought that these little figures were endowed with some supernatural powers or attributes. Yeah, but of course, this was just mere superstition. The whole power of these little figures arose from the fact that they aided the imagination of the spell worker in forming a mental image of the person sought to be influenced and thus established a strong in rapport condition. Added to this, you must remember that the fear and the belief of the public greatly aided the spell worker and increased his power and influence over these poor persons. I'll give you a typical case taken from an old German book 
which thoroughly illustrates the principles involved in cases of this kind. Understand this case and you will have the secret and working principle of them all. The story is told by an eminent German physician of the last century. He relates that he was consulted by one of his patients, a wealthy farmer living nearby. The farmer complains that he was disturbed every night by strange noises, which sounded like someone pounding iron. The disturbances occur between the hours of 10 o'clock and midnight each and every night. The physician asked him if he suspected anyone of causing strange trouble. The farmer asked, answered he suspected an old enemy of his, an old village blacksmith, living several miles away from his farm. It appears that an old long-standing feud between them had broken out afresh and that the blacksmith had made threats of employing his quote-unquote hex or witchcraft powers on the old farmer. The blacksmith was reputed to be a sort of hex or a male witch and the farmer believed in his diabolic powers and was very much in fear of them. So you see the ideal condition for psychic receptivity was definitely present. The physician called upon the blacksmith, taking him by surprise, gazing sternly into his eyes and asked him, what do you do every night between 10 and 12 o'clock? The blacksmith, frightened and disturbed, stammered out, I hammer a bar of iron every night at that time, and all the while I think intently of a bad neighbor, neighbor of mine who once cheated me out of some money, and I will at the same time that the noise will disturb his rest until he pays me back my money to get his peace and quiet back. The physician bade him to desist from his evil practices under threats of dire punishment and then went to the farmer and made him straighten out the financial dispute between the two and thereafter there was no more trouble. So you see in this case all the necessary elements were present. First, there was a belief in the blacksmith and his own powers. This gave him self-confidence and psychic power. Then there was a belief in fear on the part of the farmer. This made him an easy subject and very susceptible to psychic induction, etc. Then there was the action of the blacksmith beating the iron. This gave force and clearness to the visualization of the idea he wished to induce in the mind of the other. And finally, there was his will employed in every stroke going out in the direction of the concentrated wish and purpose of influencing the farmer. You see then that every psychic element was present. Oh, it was no wonder that the old farmer was disturbed. All right, I'm not going to use that word, but I'll just say um, among the African-American people of the South in America. Okay, see, they don't say the worst possible words. I don't want you to think that, but it's it's not a bad word. It's just that it's, it's proper in South America, but not in the South part of America. 
so I'm just gonna say the African Americans. I just sorry about that. All right, among the African Americans of the South in America and among the Hawaiians, we find marked instances of this kind. The African American Voodoo men and women wore black work black magic on those of their of their see it says race and again this is incorrect uh, those of their um, kinsfolk who are superstitious and credulous and who have a mortal fear of the voodoo who do you do I do what you do voodoo oh you see the conditions obtained are much the same as in the case of the German case just cited. Travelers who visited the countries in which there was a very large African-American population have take, have many interesting tales to recite of the terrible workings of these voodoo black magicians. In some cases, sickness and even death is a result. But mark you this, it is only those who believe in and fear the power of the voodoos that are affected. Now in Hawaii, the kahunas or native Amer- or native magicians are renowned for their power to cause sickness and death to those who have offended them or to those who have offended some client of the kahuna and who have hired the latter to pray the enemy to sickness or death. The poor ignorant Hawaiians believing implicitly in the power of the kahunas and being in deadly fear of them, were very susceptible to their psychic influence. Now, naturally, they can easily fall victims unless they buy of the kahuna and make or make peace with the client. White persons who live in Hawaii are not affected by the kahunas for they don't even believe in them. And they also don't even fear them. Unconsciously, but still strongly, they deny the power and they are immune to it. So you see the principle working out here also. Once you have the master key, you can unlock many doors of mystery which have heretofore been closed to you. We do not have to fall back on cases of witchcraft, however, in order to illustrate the phase of the psychic influence for selfish ends. In Europe and America, there are teachers of a low form of occultism who instruct their pupils in the art of producing induced mental states in the minds of others for purposes of financial gains or other selfish ends. For instance, there is a Western teacher who instructs his pupils to induce desired mental states in prospective customers or others whom they may wish to influence for selfish reasons. This teacher tells his pupils to imagine your prospective customer or other person as seated in a chair before which you are standing. Make the imagined picture as strong as possible, for upon this depends your success. Then proceed to treat this person just as if he were actually present. Concentrate your will upon him. Tell him what you expect to tell him when you meet him. Use all of the arguments that you could think of and at the same time, hold the thought that he must do as you say. Try to imagine him as complying with your wishes in every respect. 
For this imagining will tend to come true when you really actually meet the person. This rule may be used not only in the case of prospective customers, but also in the case of persons whom you wish to influence in any way whatsoever. Surely this is a case of employing psychic powers for selfish purposes, if anything is. Again, in Europe and America, particularly in the latter country, we find many persons who have picked up a smattering of occult knowledge by means of some of the many healing cults and organizations which teach the power of thought over physical diseases. In the instruction along the lines of the distant mental healing, the student is taught to visualize, visualize, to visualize, visualize the patient as strongly and clearly as possible and to then proceed to make statements of health and strength. The mind of the patient and that of the healer cooperate and in many cases work wonderful cures. As you will see in the last lessons of this course, there is great power in the mind to induce healthful vibrations in the minds of others. And the work is a good and worthy one, but alas, as is so often the case, the good teaching is sometimes perverted and applied for unworthy and selfish ends. Some of the persons who have picked up the principles of mental healing have discovered that the same power may be used in a bad as well as a good direction. They accordingly proceed to treat other persons with the object of persuading them to do things calculated to benefit the person using the psychic power. They seek to get these other persons under their psychic influence and to then take advantage of them in some way or other. Don't do that. That is like the worst karma. I hope that it is practically unnecessary for me to warn my students against evil practices of this kind. I trust that I have not drawn any students of this class to me. In case, however, that some of you may have been or may be in the future tempted to use your psychic powers improperly in this way, I wish to caution and warn you positively against doing so. Outside of the ordinary morality which should prevent you from taking advantage of another person in this way, I wish to say to you that anyone so misusing psychic or astral powers will inevitably bring down upon his head sooner or later certain occult astral forces which will prove un desastre, <laughs> disastrous to him. He will become involved in the web of his own making and will suffer greatly. Never by any means allow yourself to be tempted into indulging in any of the practices of black magic under any form of disguise. You will live to regret it if you do. Employ your powers when you develop them for the good of others, or at least for purely scientific investigations and knowledge. The scientific investigator of this phase of psychic influence will wish to become acquainted with what the occultists call the astral tube. Oh, here we go. 
<laughs> this is this is that exciting and crazy phrase I did not know. <laughs> In this phase of the phenomena, you manifest upon the astral plane rather than upon the physical. The astral form of telepathy is manifested rather than the ordinary form. While there are a number of technical points involved in the production of the astral tube, I shall endeavor to instruct you regarding its creation and use it as plain word use in as plain words as possible, omitting all reference to technical occult details which would only serve to distract your attention and confuse your mind. The advanced occult student will understand these omitted technicalities without being told of them. The others would not know what was meant by them if mentioned in the absence of a long stage or preparatory teaching. After all, the theory is not of so much importance to most of you as are the practical working principles. (laughs) That's true, right? I ask your careful attention to what I have to say in the subject of the astral tube. <clears throat> All right, this is like so exciting, guys. I'm like on I'm like on my bed and yet still somehow on the edge of my seat. All right. I had to change arms. I was getting tired. The astral tube is formed by the person forming in his imagination or i.e. on the astral plane by means of his imagination or visualizing powers, a tube or a small tunnel between himself and the person whom he wishes to influence. He starts by picturing it in his mind, a whirling vortex. Huh, whirling vortex. Similar to the whirling ring of smoke emitted from a coughing engine and sometimes by man smoking a big ass honking I mean cigar <laughs> I was gonna say bong <laughs> I am sorry so so basically you have to imagine that it's like rings of smoke as if someone is smoking a cigar okay six inches to one foot across or in diameter he must will the imagined vortex ring to move forward as if it were actually boring a tunnel through the atmosphere. When the knack of producing this astral tube is acquired, it will be found that the visualized tunnel seems to vibrate with a peculiar intensity and will seem to be composed of a substance far more subtle than air. Oh, that's interesting. Think about that for a minute. What is more subtle than air? Then at the other end of the astral tube, you must picture the other person, the one whom you wish to influence. The person will seem as if viewed through the wrong end of an opera glass. When this condition is gained, there will be found to be a high degree of 
en rapport between yourself and the other person. The secret consists in the fact that you have really established a form of clairvoyance between yourself and the person. When you have induced this condition, proceed with your mental commands and pictures just as if you were in the presence of the person himself. That is the whole thing in a nutshell. Well, that's it. That's crazy. In order that you may have another viewpoint from which to consider the astral tube or what corresponds to it, I wish to give you here a little quotation from another writer on the subject who presents the matter from a somewhat more technical standpoint. Read this quotation in connection with my own description of the astral tube and you will form a pretty complete and clear idea of the phenomenon. The writer mentioned says it is impossible here to give an exhaustive disquisition on astral physics. All I need say is that it is possible to make in the astral substance a definite connecting line that shall act as a telegraph wire to convey vibrations by means of which all that is going on at the other end of it may be seen. Such a line is established, be it understood, not by a direct projection through space of astral matter, but by such action upon a line or rather many lines of particles of that substance as will render them capable of forming a conductor for vibrations of the character required. This preliminary action can be set up in two ways either by the transmission of energy from particle to particle until the line is formed or by the use of a force from a higher plane which is capable of acting upon the whole line simultaneously. Of course, this latter method implies far greater development since it involves the knowledge of and power to use forces of a considerably higher level. Even the simpler and purely astral operation is a difficult one to describe, though quite an easy one to perform. It may be said to partake somewhat of the nature of the magnetization of a bar of steel, for it consists in what we might call the polarization by an effort of the human will of a number of astral atoms reaching from the operator to the scene which he wishes to observe. All the atoms thus affected are held for the time being with their axes rigidly parallel to one another so that they form a kind of temporary tube along which the clairvoyant may look. This method has the disadvantage that the telegraph line is liable to disarrangement or even destruction by any sufficiently strong astral current which happens to cross its path. But if the original creative effort were fairly definite, this would be a contingency of only infrequent occurrence. The view of a distant scene obtained by means of this astral current is in many ways not unlike that seen through a telescope. 
Human figures usually appear very small, like those on a distant stage. That's very interesting. But in spite of their diminutive size, they are as clear as though they were close by. Sometimes it's possible by this means to hear what's said as well as see what's done. But as in the majority of cases, this does not happen. We must consider it rather as the manifestation of an additional power than as a a necessary corollary of the faculty of sight. I would feel that I had not done my whole duty to the student or reader of this book were I to conclude this chapter without pointing out a means of protection against the use of this phase of psychic influence against them on the part of some unscrupulous person, or for that matter, against the meddling influence of any person whatsoever for any purpose whatsoever without one's permission and consent. Therefore, I wish now to point out the general principles of self-protection or defense against this class of psychic influence. In the first place, you must, of course, refuse to admit to your mind any feeling of fear regarding the influence of other persons, for that is the open door to their influence. And I pointed out to you, if you have been or are fearful of any person's psychic influence, you must get to work and drive out that feeling by positive and vigorous denials. <laughs> sounds healthy. Just kidding. The denial, you remember, is the positive neutralizer of the psychic influence of another person, providing you make it in full belief of the truth. You must take the position, which is a true one, that you are immune to the psychic attack or influence. You should say mentally, I deny to any person the power to influence me psychically without my consent. I am positive to all such influences, and they are negative to me. I neutralize them by this denial. (laughs) Then you should probably say, so I decree it. Okay, maybe not. It's only if you want to. Okay. If you suddenly feel impulses to act in some way which you have not thought of doing or toward which you have had an aversion, pause a moment and say mentally, "Uh, if this is an outside influence, I deny its power over me. I deny it. I send it back to the sender to his defeat and confusion. You will then experience a feeling of relief and freedom. In such cases, you may frequently be approached later on by the person who would have been most benefited by your action. He will appear surprised when you turn him down and will act in a confused way. He might not have been consciously trying to influence you, but may have merely been wishing strongly that you would do as he desired. That's crazy, huh? It should encourage you to know that it requires much less force to repel and neutralize psychic influence of this kind 
than is required to send forth the power. An ounce of denial and protection overcomes a pound of psychic attacking power. Oh, good to know. Nature gives you the means of protection and gives you the best end of the stick. (laughs) And it is your own fault if you do not effectively use it. A word to the wise is sufficient. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and stop in this moment. Um, We'll be back next week with lesson 19. But I did want to remind you of, I mean, if you were going to do this to influence someone like to remind them to bring tortillas to the party and you lost their number. (laughs) Probably won't have to go through all this, but, (laughs) you know, like, for example, I send uh, love and light to people, like, all the time, but I don't try to influence them or take over their mind or whatnot, you know. I have asked, I have, like, imagined that someone's mind is, like, a really nice cottage and I've knocked on the door and asked if I could come in and have a conversation with them. And I don't stay long because I don't want to give anyone a headache. But I've used that to, like, find out how someone's doing if I've lost contact with them, if they're not, like, on social media and I don't have a phone number of theirs or whatever. Or people I haven't met. You know, people who I know I know, but I haven't met them or I met them maybe for five minutes and I haven't seen them since, you know, it's been years. I don't do this very often. I've only done this maybe t- maybe about two or three times. Like a girlfriend and I, we had a a misunderstanding and she uh, got really angry at me and she got off all social media and stopped using her email. So, (laughs) you know, I've like tried to get in touch with her like, hey, I want to talk to you, you know. And after a couple of years of trying that, she finally did get back in touch with me for a brief time. But, you know, anyway, I wanted to have a few words about this. Okay, so... I want you to know, first of all, if you're trying to see clearly what's going on with someone, and I don't mean to spy on them if, you know, if you think they're cheating on you or whatever, you know what, in that point, just, you know, go with your gut instinct and just probably get out of the relationship, right? If you don't have trust, then you don't really have a decent connection with a person anyway, so maybe it's time, you know, but... If you want to see what's going on with someone, like say somebody is sick and they can't talk anymore, they've got tubes up their nose or they're unconscious and you're worried about them and you can't be there because you're in another country, for example. You could touch your, your forehead with any finger, your third eye, and you say, ki sha three times. And that is a Pleiadian mantra to open the third eye so you have more clear psychic sight. The second thing is, if you say, Plu-a-ra-sa, three times, Plu-a-ra-sa, Plu-a-ra-sa, before you contact anyone or try to do any of this, this is a Pleiadian mantra for achieving balance and harmony and being more attached to your higher will to good, your higher power your higher self. So you could do this anytime all day long. You do it three times, you know, you do it 
20 times a day as long as you do it three times in a row and really mean it and say it with power. I said that with power and now whoo, I feel the energy pouring off me from my higher self. So this is a healing way via balance when all or any illness surfaces, even if it's mental, even if it's something from your past or thoughts of negativity or you want to, or self-harm or memories of how someone treated you and you get angry, like any yuckiness like that, just stop and plu ah ra sa, plu ah ra sa, plu ah ra sa. And you're going to feel like so much lighter and brighter and all the negativity is just going to fall away like dirt that as it dries and falls off your boots. If you have like muddy boots and it dries and you just shake them and it just falls off. Just imagine it like that. Just psh, there it goes. Bye. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> so if you follow the pattern of how it started. Oh yeah. That's the other thing. So if you have like an illness, um, so if, if you start to get sick and you see like, oh, at first I had a pain in my, the right side of my stomach, then I had a pain in my left shoulder and then it was a pain in my right ear. Well, what you have to do is when you say this, you have to trace it with a, 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 a white line. So you go from the opposite ear to the opposite shoulder, then to the opposite side of the stomach. As you say, plu a ra sa, plu a ra sa, plu a ra sa. Okay, so that is if you're sick, that's how to reverse it. What if you want to reverse uh, weight gain? Well, where did you gain the weight first? And then where did you gain it second and third? Do it that way, do the opposite. Um, when you say these words, it has to be blue and green energy. Pick your favorite color green, your favorite color blue. It doesn't have to be, you know, a specific thing. If you hate lime, don't think of lime green. But if you love celadon or, or a pale celery, then think about that kind of green. That's okay. Moss green, whatever. Evergreen, whatever. Um, blue, pick your favorite blue. It could be very pale blue. It could be turquoise blue. If you don't like green at all, a lot of people don't. I don't get it. I think they're afraid of their own heart. People that don't like green, I think they're denying a part of themselves. For me, Green is one of the best colors ever. And so if you think of um, a turquoise color, which is kind of between blue and green, that also works. So once you get connected with your divine self and you know you're going to come from a higher point before you try creating an astral tube, then the thing after that, from the Lyrans now, remember the cat-headed people? We love them so much. They gave us the manifestation tool that does also work along an astral tube. Bump yourself up with the uh, Plua Rasa, and then from that higher viewpoint, go into the astral, and then you say, okay, this is, I'm going to tell you what you do first. Okay, so this is for extremely rapid attraction to your highest, best good. And for the highest, best good of all the people around you in a hundred mile radius. Okay. So you want to manifest a, not a specific person, but a person in general, right? For love or for business or for whatever. Don't try to control a specific person. Just say the best person for this position. 
the best person to love me for the rest of my life, the best person to be my business partner where we can help the most amount of people. Okay, maybe you are getting married and you don't have someone to marry you. I want to attract the best minister for my wedding. If you're, you know, Christian or whatever. In my case, be the best imam or whatever, you know. So basically, manifest the person, thing, or the circumstance or event. Okay, I don't want to get married necessarily in a religious way. Just, just, just for the record, in case you happen to be my twin flame and you're li- listening to this, I, I my religion is important-ish to me. My spirituality is everything to me. So like this entire show, this is more me than an actual religion, just so you know. (laughs) I'm a non-practicing Muslim right now. All right. So anyway, um, in order to manifest, okay, so after you say this, and you're imagining the best good highest for all, you have to say, Linkua Sha Tadaba, Linkua Sha Tadaba, Linkua Sha Tadaba. And that puts you in a space of everything you do now is going to be for the best highest good for you and everyone in a hundred mile radius of you. Therefore, you're not going to harm anybody with your thing that you're asking for. Then you want to manifest the thing, the person, the circumstance, or the event quickly. Like say you just want concert tickets and you don't know where they're going to come from. You might not even have the money, but you want to manifest them. You're just going to imagine the tickets themselves. You're not going to imagine the person or money. You're just going to imagine the tickets in your hand. You see how that works? Okay. But whatever it is, you have to say it three times. Now, the first time you say it, Okay, you do it three times to align yourself with your best, highest purpose. After you do the Pleiadian one, you do the Lyran one. You say three times. And the first time you say it, you're aligning with your higher self. You're opening up that astral tube to your higher self, if you will. The second time you say it, you're aligning with the thing that you want. So I want, I'm ha- I have a house in my mind, and I want this house or something better for me. Okay, and then the third thing is you align yourself and your thing that you wish that you wish for. You align them through the connection of the astral tube we just described. I I am like really blown away because I put this together as I was reading this, and I'm like, wait a minute, the Lyrans just gave us their manifestation tool, and this goes beyond just trying to influence a person. You're not only trying now with the Linkua Shatadaba, you are influencing the thing you want to want you back. <laughs> I want those tickets and I want those tickets to want me. Now I'm going to put a line between me and those tickets. Astrally, like an astral tube. It's like a link up. Linkua Sha, like link up. Linkua Shatadaba. So the third time you say this, you're aligning you and your thing that you wish for to come or connect through the link, the astral tube up to, it links you both up to the vibration so that you will start to vibrate at the same rate. You can't bring anything to you unless you're vibrating in the same rate. (laughs) 
So everything will always be realigned. You will be realigned. Your desires will be realigned in order to bring about the highest possible vibration for your life and the highest vision for yourself. And it will affect and help all the people in a hundred mile radius. So the first time you do Plua Rasa for three times, you might not desire the concert tickets anymore. But if you desire them more, then you have to go for a reason. Someone you're going to meet there, you're going to do something together, maybe just hug, and that's going to emit an emotion or a feeling that will be felt for thousands of miles, maybe. Maybe it's there's a grudge from the past from past life, but you recognize each other's souls this time. When you hug, that grudge is let go. Maybe your energy is so high vibe and you go there, you're going to heal and release spirits from the land or negativity that was stuck in the land, confusing that part of the earth. The land gets confused. It knows what its purpose is for. And then someone does a different kind of purpose like war or building a building or paving it with a parking lot or suddenly becoming a farmer. It confuses the land. The land's like, well, what the hell happened? It confuses. So you need to disband the confusion, you know, for example. So those are things that, that maybe you need the concert tickets for. Maybe your higher will, God is putting the desire in your heart for the concert tickets for this. Is just an example, but maybe that's what's happening because when you go, things are going to line up in everybody's favor, not just yours. You're going to have a good time. You're going to release some negativity. You're going to have some positivity. Maybe you're going to dance. Maybe you're going to lift somebody's spirits up and you're going to save someone's life. Maybe. Maybe you're going to find a cat or a dog on the outskirts of the property that wants to adopt you. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. So like if you have a desire in your heart and you link to your highest good and the desire in your heart gets stronger, it was a desire from God. Now, if the desire gets weaker and then you try to do the link kuasha and after you do three, just to link up so that you are vibrating with the highest good for everyone in a hundred mile radius. After you do that one, the first set of link kuasha to Daba, eh, if you just feel like, eh, I don't know if I want to go to the concert, I might want to stay home and watch a movie with my sweetheart instead or I might be grooming my cat that weekend. <laughs> you know, if you start kind of going, eh, I don't really want that now. Maybe it wasn't in your best alignment to go. Maybe you would have broken your leg in a mosh pit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think that these tools are really, really, really good. And I'm glad we're being given these. And now this book, this lesson that we just read, I think that not only should you try to psychically influence a specific person. In fact, I don't think you should try to influence a specific person. I think you should close your eyes. And when you, after you do the Plua Rasas and you try to link Kuasha to Daba, I think you should keep your eyes closed and imagine, uh, the most, like say you're trying to find romance and say you're not a twin flame. You're not looking for the one, right? You just want a romance when you first do the link kuasha to Daba and you, and you ask, you're asking and you're imagining everyone in hundred mile radius is going to be affected by this, right? 
because you're powerful. You're a powerful spiritual being. So you have to say just everyone's best, highest interest. The second thing, when you imagine that person, don't imagine someone specific. Maybe you can imagine them with dark hair and brown eyes. Maybe that's your thing. Or green hair and blue eyes. <laughs> Maybe like punk rockers, right? So it doesn't matter, but you can imagine. You know, say you want a specific gender. If you are only, um, you know, a lesbian and you only want a woman, obviously don't imagine a man. But whoever it is, just when you close your eyes, you, you can't really see their face clearly. But you can feel their energy in their heart and how beautiful they are and how amazing and, and, and um, wonderful you're going to feel and how much more they're going to add to your life because you are complete and whole as you are. And you imagine that you're going to add to their life as well, that together you're going to shorten the road of life, but it's going to be so sweet and so much better. You know what I mean? Like life is so long when you're boring, when you're boring, <laughs> life is so long and boring when you are alone and really wanting a relationship. It takes forever. You know, <laughs> like days can just go by like freaking years sometimes. And when you are absolutely mad for each other and love, can't stop touching each other, can't stop kissing each other, can't stop, you know, brushing each other's hair out of, out of, you know, your face. It's just, it's like, that kind of energy and that love and that flow and you're like let's make dinner together and you just everything flows perfect you know you go somewhere together and you're holding hands and it just feels a hundred percent right that's what you're looking for and you look for love right um not just a hot sex partner right you got to find all the components like what are the things maybe you want to do a crossword puzzle on uh, from the new york times on sundays in, in your pajamas, in the sunshine streaming through your window. Maybe that's your thing. You have your grapefruit and your coffee and, and your oatmeal or whatever, and you're just going to be quiet together. Do the crossword puzzle. You each get your own paper, and you're each going to do that. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you're going to be painting together every Saturday night with a glass of wine while listening to your best jazz music. I mean, for me, that's like a thing. So, <laughs> I mean, that's like a fantasy world I want to be in, right? And so I imagine, like, not the person, but I might imagine that I see them out of the corner of my eye and maybe he's wearing jeans and maybe he's got a little bit of paint on his jeans and we're so happy and we're laughing and joking and everything is so in sync and perfect, right? We're drinking wine and I'm closing my eyes and I hear the tinkling of the glasses as they click together and I and 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 when I drink the wine I feel the wetness on my lips and the little bit of a sting as it's like oh really good cab really good cabernet or sauvignon or whatever merlot I love merlots so maybe that's how you do it. You don't like say, well, I want Billy Bo Jim Bob who lives down the lane, <laughs> you know, because Billy Bo Jim Bob might be gay. He might be a psychopathic serial killer. You don't know. <laughs> Billy Bo Jim Bob might be a really swell guy, but he's already with somebody else, you know, so you can't like force your will upon another human being. And especially with a name or a look, but if you close your eyes and you imagine like the best person for you, Right. So when you say Lin Kua Sha Tadaba, first time you align with your higher self. Second time you say it, you're aligning with that thing you want, that or something better. The third time you say it, you align 
you and the thing together in that astral tube. And then everything vibrates. The tube, when the tube starts to vibrate, it starts to shorten. And the more it vibrates, the more it shortens, the faster and more rapid your manifestation. And I, I just put all this together right now after having read this lesson. That's why I'm telling you, Linkua Sha Tadaba, one more time. <laughs> Woo! It's all coming together. And I love that we're getting this information from a wide variety of sources, interdimensional, multidimensional beings, as well as books from 102 years ago. I mean, am I right? Woohoo! <laughs> I mean, psychic high five, guys. Boom. There it is. <laughs> All right, that's it. I want to thank you guys for being on this wonderful Ascension journey with me. Thank you for being a listener faithfully to the show. A lot of you are listening like to every single episode and you're going back and listening and I'm so glad I'm glad you're getting a lot out of this show I've gotten some really wonderful feedback recently so I wanted to say thank you a shout out to Ariel and a shout out to Joy and a shout out to why am I why why am I going blank on this uh, there's somebody else that wrote me just recently um, oh obviously Jenner <laughs> And Jenner, you've been in my mind this whole episode because I knew you wrote me and I haven't seen what you wrote yet, but I'm going to go read your email now <laughs> and I will be, uh, I will be writing you back in a minute and a shout out to raw because he has been raw of star does has been wonderful and I did not get my advertisement to him on time and he's still going to put it out instead of penalizing me the $50 cause I paid in advance for a full year of advertisement. And if you came here through Rob Star Doves, I wanted to thank you for that. And also thank you guys for sharing with your groups, your Instagram, if you have a lot of followers and your Facebook groups that are also spiritual. And when there's other people who can benefit from this, some of you have started to share on your YouTube videos. So thank you. And a lot of you have shared on your podcasts as well. And um, if I haven't shouted out to your podcast yet, and you've shouted out to mine, let me know, because I will return the favor. All right, guys, that's it. I want you to send me your uh, miracle stories about this time of the year, any kind of holiday miracle story, and especially if it revolves around Santa Claus or is someone in your family, maybe your niece or nephew wrote a letter to the big fat man, the jolly old elf, and he delivered something that the child's parents said absolutely no to. That's a miracle to me. If you've ever seen Santa streaking across the sky and you felt an overwhelming sense of love and joy in your heart, I want to hear about it. And so do all the other listeners. Send those stories to metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. All right, guys, I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming. That's it. I'm signing off. <laughs> okay, with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, peace, guys. Do you ever wish you could look into the next chapter in your book of life and see what's coming next? What does the universe 
have in store for you? I can help you with that. I will give you a Celtic cross reading, which is 10 cards, or you can ask me three questions, and I use three cards per question. So that's nine cards, or I can channel your higher guidance, or maybe God directly for you. Maybe you want to talk to your dear departed Aunt Edna because maybe you have a few questions and she was the smartest person you knew. If your deceased relatives are available or your ascended masters, I can channel them for you personally. Let me have one hour to show you the future in your next chapter of your book of life. Readings are $75 and it takes me an hour to an hour and a half to complete. And for this price, you will also be hooked up to the healing grid around the planet for free, which means yours truly, me, I will be giving you Reiki 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of your life. All you have to do is let me know metaphysical soul speak at gmail.com and we will explore your future together.